Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. As we prepared for today's episode of this program, I can't tell you how many times this Carol Basket story came up. <laughs> the Tiger King. Uh, you know, she's she's got the, the zoo now. How about that? Have you followed this? I'll tell you what. Th- this needs to be a follow-up episode to this Tiger uh, King docu-series, if you can even call it that. It's hilarious and tragic. I wish everyone the best. Uh, but unfortunately, no, we did not find space to discuss Carol Baskin and whatever she may or may not be guilty of having done in her life, uh, i.e. her husband. Anyway, so maybe another program, maybe another episode, we'll get into the saga of Carol Baskin. Right now, though, I want to talk a little bit uh, about my daughter, Piper. I mentioned my Facebook page. Let me do so again. Please go there. It's Lee Lonsberry. You'll see uh, a little picture of Grin and Me there with a logo for the live mic program over my shoulder. Would you go there and click the like button? Uh, I, I know it's shameless to beg for that, but it does help me stay in better contact with you and the bosses like when I get the numbers up. So help me out. Uh, paint me in a good light for the bosses. While you're there, you'll see, of course, the debate this morning, or this afternoon rather, between the two Republican candidates for Attorney General. And just below that, there's a picture of my uh, beautiful little baby daughter. Uh, her, her name's Piper. And on Saturday, before the protests erupted in Salt Lake City, she and I were watching a little bit of TV. Now, her mom doesn't like that. She's only seven months, and mom says that we need to wait about uh, two years before she's able to see screens. But I was able to convince mom of an exception, and that was because the SpaceX rocket was launching two NASA astronauts into space to meet up with the International Space Station. And when the countdown reached zero, it was little baby Piper and myself sitting in the living room watching uh, that rocket take to the sky. And there is a, a, a picture of her reaction. She was looking up at the screen, and then she turned to look at her mom just after the rocket took off. And she's only seven months old, and to see this little face, this little reaction to a rocket lifting off, this little moment in U.S. history, uh, world history, really, is a beautiful little thing. So check that out, please. Uh, give it a like. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. Daddy had some friends who who liked her her picture years and years ago on this historic day. I also bring her up because last night, as it was time for her to go to bed, uh, her mom and I, uh, my beautiful wife, we had difficulty uh, getting her to go to sleep. Why? Well, because there were helicopters circling over our home and protesters not far in the street chanting outside. Yeah, the, the helicopters. You saw, you saw it flying over Salt Lake City yesterday on the news. You saw the mass of protesters moving from Washington Square to the Capitol, down uh, close to the Triad Center, KSL Broadcast House, and then back up the street, ultimately... 
there was some back and forth between the, the protesters, one leader in particular, and ultimately those protesters dispersed. There were a few arrests last night, sure. But for the most part, as you compared what transpired on the streets of Salt Lake City last night to Saturday, it was a miraculous thing. How quickly we learned that together, regardless of what side you stand on, how quickly we learned that the behavior, the violence, the vandalism of Saturday was unacceptable. And the protesters themselves learned that same lesson. And the good ones came out last night. The good ones. The ones who have a message they'd like to communicate. And they, for some time, have felt an inability to communicate that message. And so they took advantage of their First Amendment rights, took to the streets, and communicated that message. And they did so while respecting both law enforcement, public and private property, and the safety of one another, and the safety of officers. It was really a beautiful thing. I want to play for you uh, some of the sounds we heard from last night. In fact, here to start this off uh, was one of those protesters who talked about uh, how they'll be back, and it's their right, and they'll be back again tonight. If you give me one second, I apologize here, having some technical difficulties. If you remember, I continue because of this coronavirus, which is still a storyline out there. Did you know that? Uh, not to be overshadowed uh, by these protests, there is still a coronavirus out there, and we need to uh, make sure that we are continuing to be safe in the face of that. But uh, I'm broadcasting here from my guest bedroom, uh, playing these sights and sounds for you from last night from my uh, computer here at home. And so here, I've got it now, is uh, some words shared last night by one of the protesters as the protest of yesterday evening was coming to an end. For them to negotiate that with us, to, if we dismember and we can still come back tomorrow, they can't stop us. This is all right. So we're going to do that. But let's get home tonight. So the story of that voice you heard right there, towards the end of the evening, there was a period of time where the protesters were being commanded by officers to go home, to disperse, and yet they were surrounded on both sides. There was a line of officers in front and behind. Uh, the protesters were surrounded. And there was one, the gentleman you heard right there, he took a megaphone and he started calling to his fellow protesters saying, listen, this is it. We're calling it a night. The curfew is at hand and we need to go home and we can come back out here tomorrow night. But he then realized, wait a second, we're, we're surrounded. There's no like sure way to get out of here. And so he, credit to him and credit to the officers that responded, he acted essentially as a negotiator between his group, the protesters, and law enforcement who were there to keep law and order. He spoke to them directly, quietly, privately, and ultimately, after some back and forth, announced to the group that the group of law enforcement there were going to allow them to leave peacefully. This man wrestled control of the protesting group. He instructed them to follow him as he walked, ultimately down the street, and they dispersed. It was absolutely remarkable. And I don't know how things would have ended otherwise without this young man being involved. Now, he said that he and others would likely be back out tonight. So we'll see what happens uh, as the hours tick by today. We do know that there are plans for another assembly on Saturday, organized by a gentleman named Kamal Ahmad, a black Muslim living here in Utah. He was out on the streets on Saturday night and witnessed much of what transpired. And as he was walking home, he recorded himself sharing a message which he later posted to Twitter saying that he was disappointed in what he saw. That what he saw on the street, people intoxicated, 
committing violence, speaking in crude language and tones, that it was disrespectful to the name of George Floyd and to the life and memory and to his death. And so that he intends, Kamal Ahmad, my guest in the next segment here on Live Mike, to host a, a peaceful protest on Saturday in response to the events that occurred over the weekend. He says this peaceful protest will be both about communicating the message and also offering support to law enforcement. A fascinating and unique position. I look forward to that conversation. Before I go, though, I want to share with you some of the words last night from my colleague Matt Gephardt, who was on the streets of Salt Lake City, describing the scene as he walked through and among the protesters. You can see the Capitol at the top of the hill there. We are going to be walking past, assuming that's where we're going, we are going to be walking past the City Creek Mall. The City Creek Mall is a place that was rumored earlier that it might have some protests. And so as those rumors came out, they actually ended up boarding up on the inside. So you heard uh, Matt Gephardt there describe the preemptive move on the part of City Creek to board up the windows to make sure that when the protesters showed up uh, and attempted to commit their violence and their acts of destruction, that they would be safeguarded. Well, guess what? Guess what? The protesters didn't try anything like that. Earlier in the movement, there was a bottle thrown, a water bottle, in the direction of law enforcement by one of the members of this protesting group. And you know what the rest of them did? The rest of those protesters, all who were surrounding uh, this individual, they turned and scolded that person and said, no, that's not what we're doing tonight. We're not going to be spray painting obscenities on the side of the Utah State Capitol. We're not going to be smashing the windows of the public safety building. We're not going to be climb we're not going to be trespassing and climbing to the top of the library and hanging flags from the side. We will peacefully march to the streets of Salt Lake City and to whoever will listen, we will use our voices to communicate our message. That's what happened last night. It's different from the rest of the country because we're different here in Utah. And I admire that. Quick break. When we come back, my guest, Kamal Ahmad, an organizer of a peaceful protest, uh, as he claims, coming up on Saturday. We're going to hear about his message and his motivation next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. On today's episode, we are looking at the protests which took place last Saturday and last night in the city of Salt Lake. I mentioned a moment ago that we would be speaking with Kamal Ahmad the organizer of a protest coming up this Saturday. Uh, We just got a text message, going to have to push that conversation a few minutes. So be sure to be listening about 15 minutes from right now. Actually, I'll tell you what, why don't you just stick around with me until we get to that. We'll spend the next uh, couple hours here together. Uh, Don't don't touch that dial. 
Well, I wanted to just point out a little bit of something uh, that guides the way we operate here at KSL News Radio. We have a policy uh, that we have put in place in the midst of this protest, uh, this protest season, whatever you'd like to call it, and it is that it's not our policy to talk about protests before they happen. We don't ever want to be accused of uh, promoting this type of behavior as it sometimes, as we saw on Saturday, can escalate into violence. And we don't want to participate or contribute to any of that. And the reason why it might seem that we're breaking that policy here in our upcoming conversation with Kamal Ahmad is because the views that he presents are so wholesome and so uplifting and so inclusive of all involved to include both the protesters, their position, as well as the respect he has and holds for law enforcement, that we will go ahead with this conversation. I want to share with you a little bit of what uh, Mr. Ahmad said via Twitter just the other night as he was walking away from the protest which took place in Salt Lake on Saturday night. He uh, shares a number of things that he witnessed he shares a number of things he wished, wished would have happened differently. Kamal Ahmad is a black Muslim who we'll speak to uh, just after 1.50. Here he is Saturday night as he left the protests of Saturday. I'm just leaving the protest, and I have no idea what in the world was going on there. That, that wasn't about George Floyd. That wasn't about Black Lives Matter. That wasn't about racial equality in our country. That was about people who... Want to calm, who want to cause harm and conflict. And a bunch of people high, drunk. Wasn't peaceful protesters. Nothing peaceful about that crap, man. And Mr. Ahmad would like to see something different happen. And so he is organizing something that will come up this coming Saturday. Uh, we'll get the details from him when we speak to him after the next commercial break. First, though, I want to share with you uh, something on the Black Lives Matter front. You heard uh, Mr. Ahmad in his Twitter video there say that what he witnessed was not about George Floyd. It wasn't about Black Lives Matter. And in fact, I had occasion late Saturday night to speak with one of the Black Lives Matter organizers. Yeah, she is in charge of that organization in northern Utah. And I asked her first and foremost, I said, where, where are you tonight? She says, I'm home. Because what I'm witnessing on television and hearing you describe on the radio has nothing to do with the tactics that we employ here at Black Lives Matter. There are certain views of systemic racism held by Black Lives Matter, and there are many objectives that they would like to see carried out. And yet the organization itself, according to leaders, they have approved tactics. They have tactics that they teach and that they espouse to and that they share with their uh, legitimate participants in their movement. What are those tactics? Well, <laughs> it's interact with, with elected officials. It's engage in uh, community efforts, conversing directly with law enforcement and the lawmakers in our community. Nothing about what we saw transpire on the streets of Salt Lake City Saturday night it was condoned by the legitimate organizers of Black Lives Matter. The vandalism, the violence, the spray painting. Lex Scott is a co-founder of Black Lives Matter Utah. 
And if I'm honest, we've had an interesting uh, relationship with Ms. Scott for a, a while now. There were some instances where I was interested in speaking with her uh, on some other matters, and uh, she, she wasn't available, and uh, there was some, been some back and forth for some time. And so I was so pleased to hear her speak up finally uh, regarding what took place Saturday night and communicating a similar message to the one we heard from northern Utah and the Black Lives Matter organization in northern Utah as was taking place here. So here's Lex Scott. They don't understand the movement at all, and they are damaging the movement. They, the ones who were moving through the streets of Salt Lake City under the banner of Black Lives Matter, engaging in violence and destruction and vandalism, they don't understand what Black Lives Matter is all about. That is the word from the organizer. Lex Scott continues. We did not organize the protests. Those people don't attend our, pro our protests, our peaceful protests. Those people don't attend our meetings with police. So that is the message that is shared from Black Lives Matter. And we're going to continue having conversations like this, uh, you know, likely for the foreseeable future. Uh, to include uh, the conversation with Kamal Ahmad, who doesn't necessarily uh, you know, join his name to the ranks of Black Lives Matter, uh, but he is up to something uh, good nonetheless on Saturday. Uh, it's expected that he will be organizing a, a protest of sorts where he will not only be expressing frustration for uh, the, the acts committed against George Floyd, with, which ultimately ended in the loss of his life, but also for support of law, law enforcement. I've had my eyes on these protests around the country for the past uh, week now. And this is the first time that I have seen someone in a position of authority and leadership with a strong, clear voice who understands that, yes, there are legitimate concerns uh, that he holds himself and that so many frustrated people who have taken to the streets uh, around this nation feel. But also that the enemy is not universally law enforcement. That there may be some bad apples but that the overwhelming majority of those who each day wear the uniform, affix the badge to that uniform, the left side, and take to the streets, do so in an effort to protect and serve. We've seen an example of just that protection and service rendered to the community by a member of law enforcement and the willingness to lay down their life in the furtherance of justice. A member of the Ogden City Police Department lost his life just last week because he was responding to someone who needed help. And it's the assertion of many with the wise understanding of people like Kamal Ahmad, my guest next on Live Mike, that some of the behavior perpetrated by uh, those who call themselves protesters but are really just troublemakers engaged in violence and destruction are tarnishing the legacy and the memory uh, and taking away from the lessons taught to us by the fine folks of law enforcement who are willing to lay down their life. That'll come up next. Also in the program, I want to talk to you about something called the Insurrection Act. I had intended to get to it this segment, but uh, my own emotions kind of got me carried away there, and we started talking about law enforcement and uh, the service that they rendered and how 99.99% of them are good and decent and noble people. 
and that those responsible for the death of George Floyd are facing justice. In fact, you know that video that we've seen, that one officer who had his knee on the neck of Mr. Floyd. Remember that he has been arrested and charged with the crime of taking that life. Remember that. If you are a protester listening now, if you are the parent of a protester or anyone, please remember that the justice system is playing out in the case of George Floyd. Now, there are three other officers, and there are those who are calling uh, for justice more rightly to be served against them. And we'll see. Maybe that'll happen. But the man pictured in the video is incarcerated currently, facing charges for the death of George Floyd. Quick break. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Kamal Ahmad. So looking forward to this conversation. Uh, a man who, in my humble opinion, has a wonderfully wise view and is up to some wonderfully wise work. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.